Hello and welcome to Get It Started, Get It Done, the Banyan security podcast covering the security industry and beyond. In this episode, our host and Banyan's chief security officer, Den Jones, speaks with Sarah Tanisi. Sarah is CEO of the IT services firm Tanisi Tech and is host of the podcast Tech Me Seriously, which features Sarah's conversations with some of the brightest women working with and for technology companies. Den and Sarah have been friends for over 20 years, and in this discussion, they talk about what it was like for Sarah transitioning from being an individual contributor at Adobe to founding Tanisi Tech. They talk about some IT horror stories, uh, a little bit more of the get it started, get it done philosophy, and more. We hope you enjoyed Den's discussion with Sarah Tanisi. Okay, so welcome everybody. Uh, this is uh, Banyan Securities Podcast, Get It Started, Get It Done. I'm your host, Den Jones. And uh, we're going to have guests join me and we're going to talk about things from security to IT, try and avoid zero trust because maybe we've heard enough about that business so far. Um, and really just keep this lighthearted and fun and hopefully educational, as I like to say, a little bit of wit and a little bit of wisdom. So here we go. This guest uh, for episode number two is Sarah Tanisi. She's the CEO of Tanisi Tech. So let me hand over to Sarah just to introduce herself. Hi, Dan. I'm super excited to be here. I'm Sarah Tanisi. I am the CEO and founder of Tanisi Tech. We started about 10 years ago. I'm also the host of Tech Me Seriously, um, which is a podcast in uh under which I interview um, leaders in business and technology, and I'm hoping to get you on as well. Awesome, awesome, thanks, Sarah. And um, so let's let's talk a little bit um, about uh, the first time we met. So, so full disclosure for everybody that, that's listening or watching, we have been good friends since I think the the very early 2000s when I first moved to the US. So, yes. Um, do you have any any interesting or hopefully not embarrassing stories you can share on how we met? Well, you know what I think is so fun to think about when you and I met is like there's a couple of ways to think about it. One is just like how long we've been friends, right? And the way that I always measure it is is in the 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 age of my oldest son because I can remember you playing with him as a, like a two-year-old. So I think that's kind of fun to think about. And he's going to be 24 this year. Um, and, uh, and the other way I like to think about it is in terms of technology, right? So I remember when you came over from Scotland and you were doing a Novell migration for Adobe, which was pretty significant. At the time, Adobe was probably, I don't know, way smaller than it is today, but still it was a significant undertaking. And so you think about bringing a company off of Novell and, you know, I worked there. I was, it was my first IT job when I met you and I was supporting their global email infrastructure, which was Unix based. So that is kind of always fun to think about it. It's been quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I was trying to think maybe I measured it in IT years. Yeah, uh, which always I, IT minutes or years always seems to be longer than everyone else. So an IT would say, "Hey, we'll do it. We'll do it today." And then about two weeks later, it's done. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, or maybe I'll measure it in alcohol consumed, which uh, <laughs> I think I, I uh... think you know most of our conversations are usually always over alcohol. So this is very rare that, that we're having a discussion and there, there's no drink involved. So I mean, yeah, you, you want wit and wisdom. I think that's pretty much every time we talk. 
especially with a yeah. drink in our hands. Well, today, today I'm 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 on water, so or it could be gin, but there's no ice in here, so maybe that means it's water. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so get it started, get it done. Oh, this is really where um, the the whole idea, you know, for this was. I, I've got a bit of a reputation of of getting shit done, right? So for me, mm. it's always a case of I, I I love to deliver results. I love to see results. I think most people in our industry do, and and I like to see results quick because I have really little patience. So getting it started, though, for most people is always a bit of a challenge. Like, how do you get approval? How do you get funding? How do you get going? Mm-hmm. How do you get the team? Now, now your story is a little bit different. So do you want to share with the, with the audience, like. How how did you go from being, you yeah. know, uh, a, a, an individual contributor in Adobe, and then through the years to finally starting Tennessee Tech? So what was what was that story like? Yeah, so I mean, I you know I got started. Um, I actually it goes a little bit further back, and it, it doesn't take too long to tell the story. But I started um, studying engineering at UC Santa Cruz, and I was one of those kids that did not grow up with a computer in the house. And so again, we I date myself a little bit in telling the story, but um, I studied engineering. And I realized that engineering probably wasn't the best fit. And back in those days, like MIS was not a major across the board at all different all different schools. And so I left UC Santa Cruz to figure out what I was going to study. Um, and anyways, kind of fast forwarding to getting that first IT job. You know, I studied engineering. I dropped out. I was still trying to figure out what to do. And I told people what I wanted to do. Hey, I should be very technical. I was an admin assistant, right? Managing calendars and travel. And for those people that really know me, that's not a great fit because I'm service minded, but I'm also education minded, right? So I want people to be uh, resourceful and and a self-starter. So anyways, um, I did that job for, I I was an admin. I told all my bosses and lots of credit goes to the the people that I worked for because they would say, hey, you get this job for a year and then you got to go be technical. And so I was at Adobe and I I said to the right person, I really want to work in IT. And that got me my first IT job. So from there, you know, I really think we're all architects of our own our own career path. And so I, I spent a lot of time thinking about, was this it? Did I want to be managing IT systems hands-on? And I felt like I wanted to take a crack at IT leadership. And I went to a company called Wage, WageWorks. They've since been purchased by another company called Health Equity. But what was really cool is I went from a big company at Adobe to a small company at WageWorks and ended up as the director of IT services. And in that role, I was responsible for a lot more than I was at Adobe, right? Smaller company, broader range of experience. And so um, I did that for about seven years. And probably what really got me to Tennessee Tech was we were doing acquisitions. And so we did a couple of acquisitions a year. I met with executive teams. Um, and I think this is where our stories sort of converge a little bit and our ability to figure out with an executive team, what is important to you? What are we trying to do here? And so I, I met with executive teams, talked to them about what was important about IT. And it was really simple. IT is a service. It's not about being the most technical or smartest person in the room. And if you follow best practice and standards, you'll end up with a reliable and secure infrastructure. And so it was really those two things that led me to start um, Tennessee Tech 10 years ago. And that's what we're doing for our clients. We're defining IT leadership, making sure that they're secure and also productive. Awesome. Awesome. And there was a couple of things you said there. So um, 
one one was about your career uh, journey. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so we at time of recording this, we just so happened to yesterday have a panel conversation as part of the Identity Defined Security Alliance, um, joined by the, Dr. Chase Cunningham and Mike Hanley and yourself. And there was a, go- a lot of great career advice there. So I'd encourage anyone to go check that out via the IDSA's website. Um, the other thing you mentioned was, you know, about customers and, you know, delivering this, this, this service. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Banyan, we're, we are, are, you know, a happy customer of Tennessee Tech. Um, <laughs> when I, when I joined Banyan, one of the things that I looked at was how are we going to deliver IT to a fast growing organization like yes. Banyan? And you, you can't have, you know, one lonely poor IT guy try and do the, the variety of things that's expected of someone to do. And, and also, it's not possible when you think of, you know, how do you go and grow the IT team? Um, and we, we wanted to grow it in a way that made sense for our business. So in, in this case, this, you know, this model of, of leveraging Tennessee Tech was really, it made sense. You know, it gives us access to, you know, 30 people as opposed to yeah. one, one per person. Yes. You know? um, mm-hmm. So, so that, that was awesome. Now, so, what would you say is uh, some of the key things that are making you successful now as, as you know, Tennessee Tech CEO? So Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because I think like as a leader, right, we all have to evolve. And, and then again, I think about you as a leader, you know, I mean, 18 years ago, shoot, I, I almost said 10 years <laughs> ago, but it's been way longer than that. You know, and I really think part of um, part of being a good leader is learning how to evolve your style. You certainly are not the same leader that you were back when I when I when we were working together at Adobe. And I think really what it is is it's about starting to recognize um, that our differences actually make us stronger. And in the time of COVID, actually starting to recognize that done is better than perfect. And we talked a little bit about that. So when you think about get it started and get it done, that is part of what we're talking about is we need, you need to start somewhere, right? You're never going to plan to the tiniest detail. And so I think when you look at just the context of growing a company, part of it is listening to your customers. And part of it is learning how to build a really good team that, as you said, can kind of fit the need across the board more broadly. And we come across companies all the time that put the entire IT uh, practice on one person's shoulders. It's really impossible to do that. So I think a big part yeah. of you know growing is understanding that it takes a team. And I, I think, you know, one thing, so is your role of CEO, um, what do you think is the most important thing just as being the CEO? I mean, I think uh, I I really boil it down to recruiting, recruiting new customers and recruiting new employees and developing a set of services that allow our customers to be successful. Awesome. And then so as you as you think of celebrating, right, so I think mm-hmm. I think it's personally important to celebrate on a regular basis. Um, I, I usually celebrate every Friday. I think that that usually is the, the beginning point of a successful celebration is yeah. I, I survived another week. So uh, what what do you like to drink as one of the, the, the things that you'd uh, thank yourself for when you're celebrating? 
I mean, my go-to is gin and soda, Hendrix to be specific. So a Hendrix and soda with, with lime. And, you know, just to comment on celebration, like COVID really did make celebrating hard. Like I am dying to get our team together. You know, we're, we're nationwide. And so um, celebrating super important. I think it definitely has been a little bit harder to do lately. But yeah, when I'm, when I'm relaxing at home, it's got to be a, a gin and soda. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you said Hendrix because that's a good Scottish gin. So, be, being from Scotland, you know, I try and I try and focus on some of the the good good drinks from my homeland. And yeah, and yeah it, it's it's funny. It's it's been really hard to try and bring people together, whether it's bringing customers together or your team together, because as a partnership, you really want to celebrate even together. Sometimes, I mean, I, yeah. I kind of look at it like. You know, in my days in Adobe or even at Cisco, prior to Banyan, I, I, I was always this social person. But I'm like, let's do a happy hour once a month, bring people together, diverse groups of people. And, and really, one of the biggest things there was it was, a, it was about building connections and other people building connections. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't about me building connections. I, I already right. knew the people we were inviting. But the other thing I also said to the people we were bringing together was, feel free to bring other people that, that you work with and, and let's try and, you know, expand the, the group of, of people we're connected with. And, and that, that for me always felt, it, it felt fun. It enabled you to celebrate stuff, and, but also um, socialize and, and treat people sometimes that, that were partnering with you and your team. So that 100%. was always, always fun for me. Now, what would be the worst horror story in your career that you're able to share? Oh my and, gosh. And business story, not a personal one. Oh yeah. So, I mean, look, this is a good, this is a great question for any IT person. Cause we've all had them. I, I have to like, think back. It was probably four or five years ago. My son was going off to college for, I think his sophomore year and we were going to see him off and we had just got a brand new client and turned out none of their hardware was in warranty. None of it had service and all of it was like way past end of life. And this hardware was all of their um, forward facing firewalls. So there, all these firewalls went down. Um, I think there was even like an issue with the company that used to provide them. And it just turned into one of those nightmare evenings of trying to like maverick server hardware together where literally we had pliers out and, you know, wire cutters. It was crazy. And, you know, you get to like 3 a.m., nothing good happens at 3 a.m. I often tell my kids that I'm like, why are you up past two? Like once you get past two, it's just bleak. And so, um, you know, that was, that was a key learning experience though. Right. So you are not allowed to have production hardware that is end of life, that is unsupported and that doesn't have any, uh, warranty on it. I mean, really simple. Uh, they were a brand new client. We had to, we had to, you know, move mountains in order to get their customers what they needed to, um, so I think it took us probably most of that weekend. It was brutal. Yeah. I, I, I remember yeah, being on calls 36 hours long um, or, or calls where, you know, you're, you're having someone at three in the morning racking your server and they're so tired, they actually drop the server. And then you're not sure if the reason the new one's not working is because they dropped it. <laughs> Um. Well, and I feel like, I mean, think about that, right? We're talking about, I mean, I think technology has fundamentally changed 
even from the point that I'm talking about, which was only five or six years ago. And I mean, knock on some wood, but there are certainly outages today. But I'm telling you, if you use best practice, which includes keeping things keeping things updated, keeping things patched, you really can avoid downtime. And I would say, you know, uptime, and this maybe sounds stupid now that I'm saying it out loud, that really is the name of the IT game, right? Is keeping yeah. things up. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's I, I think, as you say, right, best practices, it's not too tricky to um, stay, stay safe um, and stay available. Um, sadly, though, there's so much going on in the, and there's so much complexity in our world now that, yeah. that it's it, it gets trickier to do that. So one one of the tenets for me is simplify, retire old stuff, yes. and you know try and stay current on technology. And you know there's and there's so many cloud services available now that you know you should look to try and use cloud services first, and then well, only I, if only yeah. if you can, then you build something. 100%. And you know, 10 years ago, when I started Tenisi Tech, the cloud questions weren't even answered yet. People were still super nervous, right? Fast forward 10 years, you have an Exchange 2010 server in your environment, you are missing the security boat. Like this yeah. is, I mean, this is in 10 years, right? And so I think that that's super interesting. You talk about being up to date and being modern. That is something, you know, technology is not wine. It does not get better with age. And so I have to think that that's one of, one of our core tenants too, is to modernize and streamline. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think, you know, so what 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 would be one piece of advice uh, that you'd give everybody about where do you keep up to date with security issues and technology? Yeah, I mean, we we certainly follow a ton of security blogs on a daily basis. We have, uh, you know, team members looking at them, as do I. You know, when something hits CNN, there's an issue. And so, you know, it's been such an interesting time from a cybersecurity landscape perspective over the last couple of years, because this is now, I think, in the public awareness space, right? So two years ago, we were begging people to turn on multi-factor authentication. Today, Mm -hmm. we require it. Like, you don't get to tell us no anymore because we are saving you from yourself and so, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be reading security blogs. You've got to be up to date on what's going on in the world because a lot of that is political these days. And so, um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time reading about this stuff. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and yeah, things like, you know, from Twitter to LinkedIn, yes. um, the, the thing, the thing is interesting for me is I'll see stuff online in those environments weeks before you're getting to mainstream media 100% um, and and like like you say you know 2 years ago even 5 years ago for me it was like MFA 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 yes and, yeah 5 years and, ago and, you're right and and then you bump into application teams or, or other customers in the environment that they're like oh they really need to connect it to this and it's like absolutely like absolutely she- it shouldn't even be a question though. It's uh, not a so question like you say, for you guys requiring that of your customers. You have to. And I think what's really interesting yeah. about it is the inconvenience, right? This is the common thing we were getting was, oh, it's so inconvenient for our executive team. And I promise, I promise everybody that the inconvenience of ransomware or of being fished far outweighs the inconvenience of having to tap in a code. 
Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So here's um, so so here's one. So the number of presentations and things that I'm delivering this year is is getting crazy. Um, but what would you say? It's obviously not mine, Sarah. So not one of my presentations. But what yeah. would you say has been one of the better presentations you have seen this year? And what was what was the thing you took away from it? Um, that is kind of a tricky question. I mean, I also have been doing presentations and, you know, I would say that, well, I'll tell you what, there, there have been a number of leadership presentations that I have been, um, been the, an audience member of. And one of them, um, was, uh, balanced accountability by this leadership, uh, guy, this leadership professional called, uh, Hernani Alves. And he wrote this book, Balanced Accountability, and I loved watching him present. So a lot of times I'm watching as many leadership pre presentations as I am, um, you know, IT or technical presentations. And, you know, one of the things that I really kind of start to understand in, in watching these presentations is about building the diversity of the team. So like I said, right, my main focus these days is recruiting, recruiting awesome clients and recruiting awesome team members. So I would say that those have been kind of uh the most impactful presentations probably not exactly what you were looking for no i think i, I think that's that's cool because looking in your role um you know you're engaging with a lot of leaders you personally now you've got other people in your team that they engage at other other levels in the organizations but, but you know for your role and I, I think for any aspiring leader there there is a huge balance between technical knowledge business knowledge and, and really just people like engaging with people because as you say, you know, the service you're delivering, it's it's actually, there's a piece of technology in there, but, but a huge piece of any customer service is people. It's huge. You know, the other thing that, that I was thinking of too, and, and I feel like this is kind of apropos to a security discussion, you know, the presentations that I'm giving on security are incredibly basic. And not to say that my knowledge is basic, but I still am really concerned about the level of awareness that's out in the world. Like literally yeah. I give these talks and I'm like, do these th three things. And it's, it's literally use MFA, use a password vault and take your time. And so I just kind of like feel like that merits something worth discussing here because I feel like, you know, you guys are security professionals and one of the nuts I'm always trying to crack is how do we, how do we drive this awareness for an executive team? You know, I work yeah. with incredibly smart executive teams and a huge part of my job is telling this story. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because um, it, it, it feels yeah. like you're a band that had the one good album and you're yeah. playing the same gig again and again and again. And so many times you just find companies are not even finishing off the basics. And, yes. and they're they're so busy. It's like, I want to deploy an IDS or da 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 da. And it's like, hold on, wait a minute. Can you just get MFA done? <laughs> can, can you get a password manager in place? Can you do yes. some good pri privileged identity? You know, so it's it's interesting for me because everybody, security teams are so busy and IT teams are so busy trying to do all sorts of things and make headway mm -hmm. in all sorts of areas, but but they're not even getting to good enough on some of the areas right. that are just the basics. Um, I used to always say this to my team, right? 
I, I just want us to be good enough. And they, and, and they, they, they gave me so much grief because it was always like, but what do you mean not good enough? That, that means you're just going for shit. Like what, 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 yeah. what are you aspiring to? And I'm like, no, no, because if you get something good enough, well, sadly, you've probably got five or six other areas that aren't good enough. So rather than trying to get that one thing to better than good enough, it's like, okay, let's divert our attention and our investments to get these other areas to be good. And then once you think you've got all the areas good enough, sure, go spend some extra money then let's and, get and better somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Then well, there's, there's a couple of things, right? And that's another kind of key presentation I, I saw last year. And actually, this was something we talked about the other day on the panel. Um, there's a presenter, and she, again, is a leadership consultant. Her name's Vitaly Buford Hardin, and she talks about perfectionism and how detrimental perfectionism is to a team. So yeah. whenever I hear you say good enough, I think about Vitaly because that for me was a really big deal. And it was, it's literally the title of this podcast, right? Get it started, get it done. It does not have to be perfect. Let's get good enough. Yeah. And one, one thing for me, um, with most of most of the efforts that I've ever been involved in, it's almost like, is are we going to be better than we were yesterday? Yes. So I, I know directionally where the strategy is and how we want to be like amazing and you know vision blah blah blah. But the reality is, is if if you're so busy trying to carve out perfection as part of that strategy, yeah, you, you're not you're not getting there. So or you're not getting there fast. And and I also I, the other thing I also say is. I want to get results quicker than it takes a human to make a baby. And, and people start, yes. well, that's funny. And I'm like, but there's, there's a method to the madness. Nine months is actually almost a year. And I don't know if you know that, Sarah, right? So 12 sure. months is in a year, right? And nine <laughs> months is almost a year. So, yeah. so the, well, the thing is in a financial calendar, your budget is a year. So if I want to get something done, I want to get it done before that year runs out yeah. so that people can see business value and they might be inspired to give me more money if we need yes. more money to continue. So the other thing is, is nine months is a bit long, a bit longer than six months. I, I don't know if you know that. I'm quite smart that way. Um, I like to get things done in 12-week increments, but ideally even even better than that, right? So that every quarter at the end of the quarter, you're showing some really good value. And, and it's just you're showing progress. You're giving confidence to the business that you're making progress. So for me, that was always that was always a huge thing. Now, I, I got to go. Um, oh, sorry, you're going to say something there? Well, I just I think that that is so smart when you're talking about business value, because one of the things that we'll hear when we do IT assessments is, the business doesn't understand IT. The business doesn't want to invest in IT. The business, the business, the business. And I always feel like my job and our job at Tennessee Tech is to be good stewards of the business. So I never look at it as the business versus IT. But I think part of being a good steward is showing that 
progress on a regular basis, like you're talking about. And I also think about, you know, when it comes to budgeting, it's like, look, we're going to, we're going to reduce this complexity and use all that money we just saved to increase whatever productivity or security in a new project. And I think that that being able to show that forward motion is when the pocketbooks open, as you said. And I think that's so important when you're developing an IT practice for someone. Yeah. No, absolutely. I know. I think it's it's very hard for IT and security to have scorecards and dashboards that really convey to business value, because yeah. ultimately, most of the time, we get stuck into the hey, this is number of service desk tickets are done in the SLA. SLA True. Or we de yep. we deployed fifteen different things, so deploying the thing isn't equal to business value. So if no. I deployed an identity management solution, it doesn't necessarily mean business value in a way that makes sense to the CEO. So there's a, there's a bit of a struggle there because I think those conversations and, and seeing it from a business perspective has been something that's been hard for IT teams to deliver. IT people are terrible at marketing the work that they do, right? I think the understanding and the the kind of greater landscape of business is that IT are the people that fix my computers. And like, it's so much broader than that. It's like, no, like I literally got invited to a dinner party and my friends asked me to fix their desktop printer. And I was like, so is this what you think I do all day? Well, you, well, you have an IT company, right? And so I think that that is really, really important, again, is to learn how to tell that story. So you're right. It's not about de deploying the tool. It's about showing that the tool is up to date, that the tool has, you know, stopped these attacks, that, you know, things are maintained. I always talk about, like, the maintenance and administrative aspect of technology and IT specifically is the least sexy part of it and the most important from a security perspective. And, you know, I've had 10 years to tell this story, so I think I've got it down. But a lot of people just aren't quite there yet still. Like, what is IT doing for you? Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the elevator pitch is something that I think needs tuned and tuned and tuned. And then over the years, um, it, I, I, I knew one thing, mid-level managers in my organizations we're never getting a chance to speak to the executives two or three levels up. True. So it's really like how do you bring them into these conversations? I would do I would do weekly, you know, sync ups or check-ins with, with my boss and then start to bring in some of my direct reports so they could participate in the conversation, they could learn the conversation. So that if I'm not there or when yes. I'm not there, they can have the conversation. And, and they can understand that that one boss and what that conversation's like there isn't the same as another boss. When that leader changes, they, they, they might ask for different things and, and what is valuable to them might be different. Well, and I think, so that is super, that is a super valuable experience for a team that does not get a lot of executive exposure. And it's something that a leader needs to kind of bring them along on because I think executive teams, right? The people on those teams are used to context switching all the time. 
So they're talking about 50 different things in a day. You do not get to just walk in the room and say, yeah, so all of our stuff is out of date and I need money to do. It's like, what stuff? Like I always talk about context, (laughs) right? What is the context in which you're giving the update and who are you giving that to? So that exposure from a leadership perspective is really important. And there is more, I think, you know, we can do as people who are developing teams in terms of, you know, helping people be more comfortable telling the story. Yeah, you know, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So outside of work, so we all yeah. understand we all have stressful jobs. Um, so when you're not working, Sarah, what do you what do you do to keep yourself entertained, um, emotionally fit, physically fit? Yeah, you know, what, what goes on outside of work? Well, so um, I moved from uh, Northern California, Southern California, and my thing is to be on the beach as much as possible. In the water, even better. So I spend a lot of time walking the beach, and it's interesting because I just read um, Stillness is the Key um, by Ryan Holiday, and I love I love studying about stoicism, and there's a piece in that book about meditative walking, And turns out a lot of really successful people like take a walk every day. And that sounds like maybe not like the most physical, but taking a walk and really giving yourself the space to think about things, whether it's your life or your job or anything else has been incredibly important. And so I spend as much time as possible outside hiking in the water um, and really just trying to to soak up the sun. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's funny, right? Because I think more and more you need time just to switch off like yes get the brain get the brain not thinking about work um switch off i i, I usually try and take a walk at lunchtime and then i'll listen to a podcast or just listen yes. to some music um so and, and Den, do you remember i mean sorry i wanted to ask you this because yeah. do you remember what it was like when we were first starting it careers like, would you ever even ask somebody what they did to like give themselves space to think and to to mentally get better? That was not a thing back then. Yeah, I I, I remember maybe about fifteen years ago in Adobe, there was a leader that joined, and I remember he had said, every Friday afternoon, take half an hour out to do nothing but look out your window or something. And yeah. I just remember everybody being like, what kind of bullshit is this? Yes. <laughs> but then but then years later, you're like, oh, man, that actually is so helpful just to get yourself, you know, some some time to kind of, you know, chillax a little bit. And, that, and I think when you do that, you, you become back, you come back more productive. I, I started at one point going to the gym, you know, in my kind of Adobe days, I, I'd go to the gym in the afternoon. Yes, and, and forty minutes over lunchtime or maybe mid afternoon and stuff, just to try and get myself, you know, tuned out from all the distractions. And then maybe sometimes I think about one problem that was plaguing me, one situation, whether it was a a technical thing and a political thing, like yes. as in work work politics. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, I'd noodle on it and, and just think about that stuff while I was getting some exercise. And, um, I, I, you know, I think the, the world has evolved, especially with COVID. Absolutely. We're not, we're not doing that commute. When we're not doing that daily commute, it means you wake up and you get yourself together, then you're suddenly on. 
And you're working. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's even, so, that's even harder, right? Is giving yourself that space when you can li- quite literally roll out of bed and turn on your computer. I mean, so you're talking about, you know, 40 minutes during the day or a half hour staring out the window on a Friday. We're talking about four day work weeks. Yeah. I don't know how to yeah, make yeah. that necessarily happen right away, but I'm like, okay, there are other countries that do this. And the the data shows that you're more productive. So you can tell I get yeah. really excited about this stuff because I I think with this labor shortage that the world is experiencing, we have to be creative about retention. And so that's one of the things that I'm thinking about. And I think about all those years I spent, you know, working 18, 24 hours for projects. It, it really probably wasn't great. Oh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great. And it, it wasn't, wasn't great it wasn't for great. our mental capacity and our health. The the the, kill, the 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 fun thing actually, I I do remember the time in Adobe where in the early days, early two thousands, we'd we'd go out for lunch with groups of people. We'd all have a drink. Like some people would have a cocktail or a beer. And and I remember as an individual contributor, it'd yeah. be like, and this was before the bubble burst, I guess, uh, that first tech bubble. And um, we we would just you know not not all the time but you, you definitely take some time out and that was that was our equivalent of getting some downtime because we were hanging out with friends and it was very social you didn't feel isolated um so for me yes. that those early days were pretty cool um now as we begin to 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 wrap up so what would be couple of things. What what would be something that you'd love the listeners or viewers to take away from our conversation today? Leave them with one nugget that will serve them well. Ooh, I mean, I feel like we've talked about so many different things. And I, I guess what I would like to leave people with is um, this idea that I mean, there's, you know, we talked about IT a bunch. I'd like to leave people with this idea that IT is a very broad, um, it's a very broad practice that you need a lot of people thinking about for you in your world. So from that perspective, I think that's a good nugget. I think from a leadership perspective, it's really about, um, you know, giving yourself that space to consider what's going on in your life, in your, in your job, in the world to figure out where, you know, what your place looks like um in in that and so i don't know those are kind of the two that pop into my mind at the end here awesome and then one of the things from our career conversation that we had um the other day was you you talked a lot about being resourceful yes and i i think one thing you know so that resonated a lot with me do you want to share you know from a resourceful perspective what was your your thought there from that that discussion Yeah, I feel like technology is one of those areas where there's a lot of information out there. And so it's very easy, or it can be easy to learn about something that you might not have any experience with. And so my kind of one piece of advice for people was to learn how to be resourceful. And, you know, with Google, with admin guides, with uh, maintenance teams, maintenance and support teams, it's very it's very attainable to become an expert in an area that you didn't know anything about three months ago. And so yeah. that is one of Tanisi Tech's core goals is to be resourceful and driven from a technology perspective. And so I really believe that being resourceful, learning how to find answers, and this literally is like for life in general, will help you. Like, don't look to your left or your right and wondering who you can ask the question to. 
go find out. Like we are at a, we're at a post question, I think part of the world, like Google it, literally Google it and ask 4,000 people on, you know, a group at one time. I don't know. Yeah. And and it's funny because I I just, I just got into making beer, right? So that was my, my new little fun thing on the side was let, let me make some beer. Um, and, and literally, it comes with the instructions. But the very first thing I do um, after reading the instructions is I jump on YouTube, and yes. I just I just start watching some YouTube videos on home brewing and things to do, things to try, and and then already I, I kind of realized that the things in the instructions there was there was things in the instructions that were missing. Absolutely. Because on YouTube they're like, once you do this step, make sure the thing's in the dark. And it's like in the dark. It doesn't say that anywhere here. Yeah. I mean, it's like so shit, you know. So it's it's yeah, it's it's cool. Be resourceful. That's that's a great takeaway. I, and I think I think as I kind of look at you know getting things done, getting things started. It's there's there's one thing is I've went through a career where many times people have said, "Why are you going out your way to do that?" And and the the, the one thing for me, you know, for the audience. Um, in, in our relationship, and we've worked together a lot, both you and I um, have went out of our way to take on extra things, to look for other opportunities, um, and, and, you know, also seek seek advice from good mentors and stuff. So I think we've been pretty blessed there. Um, Absolutely. Sarah, great catching up. Just one, one thing for me, you know, you've been an inspiration in my life, personally, professionally. It's great seeing Tennessee Tech do so well. So it's it's great to to really catch up in a, a podcast, a little session where we can share our stories with the world. Um, and and better though is next time we see each other. I think like the last time we saw each other in oh person, my gosh. Yes. we stumbled into each other on the beach in Hawaii. You guys were doing a family trip. I I was there with my partner. We we had no plans. We didn't know each other was going to be there. So insane. So um, next time we see each other, it'll have the same amount of alcohol, hopefully. Uh, maybe some nice sunshine, maybe some beach. And uh, I guess it means I'll be making a trip to San Diego sometime soon. It'll be fantastic. I can't wait to see you down here. And thank you so yeah. much for having me on this. It strikes me that, you know, we've been friends for all these years and certainly we talk about work, but when do we ever actually sit down and talk about this stuff? So it was a lot um, of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much, Sarah. Great, great catching up with you as always. So folks, as, as we wind up um, this, this episode, uh, leave you with a couple of things. So first of all, um, Banyan Security is, is a, a great, great um, zero trust, if I use that marketing term. Uh, but let's think of remote access. Um, I don't drink the Kool-Aid very often, but certainly as, as a product, and as a team, awesome company to work for. So as you start checking us out, um, please, please uh, check out banyanscurity.io. But I guess you're at the podcast, so you already found the, the place. And oh, and before we go, Sarah Tanisi, Tanisi Tech. So Sarah, can you just remind us again of your podcast and how to get in touch with you? 
Certainly. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm on LinkedIn, Sarah Tanisi. You guys can see the spelling of my name. Um, also, you can find uh, more information about our company at tanisitech.com. And then the podcast is Tech Me Seriously with Sarah Tanisi. And we focus on having leadership and technology discussions with leaders um, in different industries. So would love for you all to check out that as well. And uh, yeah, look forward to having you on that podcast soon, yeah, yeah yeah and then our next podcast we're going to have julie smith who is our fearless leader at the identity defined security alliance and we're hopefully going to record that really soon and then have that available as part of identity management day that's just coming up in uh, april so thank you very much everybody i'm dan jones this is get it started get it done we'll uh, see you all soon thank you Thanks for listening. To learn more about Banyan Security and find future episodes of the podcast, please visit us at banyansecurity.io. Special thanks to Urban Punks for providing the music for this episode. You can find their tracks Summer Silk and all their music at urbanpunks.com.